What is the weather doing at your place? I mean, there is a lot of overcast. I keep trying to tell it that, you know, it was sunny recently and I was yeah. in a tank top. Now I'm in three layers of clothing and sad about existing. I'm in a singlet and shorts going, come on. <laughs> Are you willing it to happen? Yeah, you've got to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not sure that applies here, buddy. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm going to manifest, all right? <laughs> okay. Welcome to it. It is the King's Keg, the pilot episode, recorded October 5th, 2023. I am Maz, the D&D trainee, and with me, our lawmaster and ultimate guide to the Forgotten Realms, Spud. Hello there. I wouldn't say ultimate, but I will give it my red hot go. I will I will direct you, adventurer, <laughs> on the path to glory. <laughs> Set the bar low. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So so low that a tiefling can walk over it and a gnome will walk straight into it. Those are things you'll learn about, Matt. <laughs> oh, great. That sounds race-related. Kind of is. <laughs> anyway. So we've got a little bit of a format uh, for this D&D show adventure of us. I'm going to give you a section of law. I'm just going to tell you some law about whatever I choose. I'm happy right. to sit in a sort of a lecture environment and just take notes for a little bit while I ease myself in. Then in the next section, what we'll do is I'm going to take uh, a monster from one of the manuals and we're going to talk about that, right? As I am describing this monster to you, I'm giving you the objective. You're going to have to draw it. Oh, no. Yep. Based on what I say, you need to to give me your artistic interpretation. I better charge my iPad then. (laughs) You you do realise I have absolutely zero prowess when it comes to to drawing so I hope you're cool with doodles <laughs> I love a doodle <laughs> as much as the ne- as much as the next guy I once drew a dolphin and someone asked me if it was a slipper so you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge you too harshly the viewer the viewers and listeners may judge you harshly yeah but I don't have to read the comments do I oh I mean you don't have to got an assistant to do that kind of thing I've got <laughs> Got your own little your own little kobold that goes. Hey, me, me. <laughs> I don't. This is episode one, mate. I don't know what the hell you're talking. About. <laughs> oh, well, it's about to happen. You're about to become very very familiar with murder hobos and dice goblins. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> and we'll have a look at it and we'll see how close you are. Great. And then we're going to do a little scene. We're going to play a bit of D and D, Matt. Oh well, hello. And then we will say goodbye. We're just going to chill and have a good time. The whole thing about D and D is. It can be whatever you want it to be, and it's just a fun thing. So, so no rules, just just having a bit of fun. It's basically the most epic improv you can have. It is great. I'm eager to learn, Spud. So should I sit myself down in yes. the lecture hall of law? Get your pens out. Now, every good adventure, particularly I've found, that the adventurers always start in a tavern. <laughs> so today, Maz, we're going to take you into a famous and quite an interesting tavern. Now, this tavern is called the Elf Song Tavern. Okay. Located in Baldur's Gate. Oh, look, I've played that, um, I'll play you, that game. I've played that game, mate. I haven't made it that far, not even close. But. <laughs> 
But it is part of the Forgotten Realms, uh, Feyrun specifically, and it is on the Sword Coast. It is a major city. Now, do you know much about Baldur's Gate, Maz, at all? Look, hey, uh, it's me, Imowen. Oh, God. That's about it. Oh, my God. You, you just dropped some Baldur's Gate 1 there. Is that Baldur's look at Gate it, Look at him oh go. God, look at him go, long. listeners. Look at him go. Maz, Maz knows something. Oh God, she was annoying. Or <laughs> you, you have been waylaid by enemies and must defend yourself. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. All I know is it's a big, it's a big old city. It's probably like the Sydney of the Forgotten Realms, maybe just a dirty hive of scum and yeah. villainy and yeah. you know corruption yeah. and all that kind mm. of thing, right? Oh, in case you don't get it, we we live in Australia, guys, so we reference <laughs> cities in Australia. <laughs> in case, in um, case oh, you forgot to turn subtitles on, yeah, exactly. So so you can understand it. I would say, to me personally, it's more of a Melbourne. And this is actually located in the lower city of Baldur's Gate uh, Coast, uh, broken into sections. So you've got the lower city, the upper city, you know, you've got uh, the dock ward, you've got all these different sections. And it's kind of like a way <laughs> for the local government to kind of split up who the povos are <laughs> yeah, and who the richies okay. are. Great. So, yeah, um, the Offsong Tavern is located in uh, the lower city of Baldur's Gate. And it kind of looks like a mix of kind of this ye oldy stonework and woodwork almost fused and patched together with these mossy vines and ferns. I'm going to drop an image in the Discord for you here. Not a sponsor. Um, out, not a sponsor. I've actually pulled this out of the game. Now, the traditional lore compared to the game, there is a slight difference, but you can kind of see it in that picture. The Elsong Tavern, it looks it looks very posh. And if I was like not an elf, say, say I was like a one of those small boys, what are they, uh, like a dwarf. <laughs> One of those small boys. <laughs> there you go, guys. Dwarves are now called small boys. Would would I be turned away? Like we don't serve your time, no. mate. No, that's okay. Great, inclusive. No, no, not at all. No. It, so what um, I'm asking sp- is, does racism exist in the Forgotten Realms? Oh yes, tons of it. <laughs> tons of it. And I don't know how you knew this, but we're going to touch on some of that later oh, okay, <laughs> in the great. podcast today. But no, all, all are welcome here. So um, Baldur's Gate, there's a lot of people coming in and out. It's kind of like there's a bit of a multi multicultural kind of cooking pot of races kind of moving in and out. And not just races, classes as well, right? And the Elf Song's actually quite famous due to some reasons we'll talk about. But a lot of people come from all over Faerun to visit um, the Elf Song Tavern. So, so yeah. you will have dwarves, elves, gnomes, half elves, humans. So the tavern itself is uh, generations old, right? So it's been standing here for a long time. And the weird thing about the Elf Song Tavern, which actually can bring brings in scholars and sages and more learned folk that generally wouldn't find themselves dead in an establishment like this. Why? Um, they don't. Why? Because of the drinking because of the the vibe just, of the place that's like oh it's a little bit too common for me is that kind of the vibe it, with those pricks um yeah i mean you know stereotypically in the forgotten realms anyone learned like magic users particularly wizards themselves because they get all their magic from book smarts right so they learn they spend fucking you know 10 plus years as an apprentice in a tower toiling over age-old tomes stroking their weird fluffy familiar whether it's like a, a grease method or something like that like hello grease method and then doing the hair afterwards you know smelling just, of you know uncleaned sheathed penises and <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting to understand what you would do as a dm oh. um, sheathed penises <laughs> uh so if you're into that email us at blah 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 dot sheathed penis do i have a one shot for you oh my god <laughs> welcome to dicks you awaken the tavern 
surrounded All by right. dicks. No. All right. So <laughs> what? So they're they're too busy up in their towers learning the things. Yeah. Not yeah. being social. They're a bit, yeah. you know, reclusive. So, of course, they wouldn't come here. It's a bit much socially for them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, most of the time. But they will because this place is kind of shrouded in a bit of mystery. Now, on the western wall of the tavern is a mural of an elven woman. And it's kind of faded with time. It's quite large. You know, you're looking at like a few meters by a few meters. And she appears to be singing. When you're walking in... You know, there's kind of a standard tavern vibe in the way that you've got, like, individual booths and you've got, like, a bar and you've got these little bits and pieces, like a a fireplace, at least on the first level. But the entire place is lit by these floating um, blue lights. Um, I thought you were going to say this place is lit. Because, you know, everyone's... Oh, it, it can be. It, it can be lit. The in- entire place is illuminated by these things called drift globes, which are magical. And Look, I've seen Harry the... Potter. I understand how that works. Yeah, yeah you know of... how it is. It's Leviosa. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Stop, Rob. Stop. 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 And there's a lot of interesting decorations on the inside, but one of the main things that grabs people's attention is above the fireplace, there is a stuffed baby beholder. Now... You probably don't know what a beholder is, but you do. It's the big fucking eye thing with all the stalk eyes that come off of it. Oh, I thought I thought it was the thing from Doom. That that red that red floating eye boy from Doom. Kind of is. No. It kind of is. Maybe that's where Doom got it from. So it's like a it's like a floating central eye, this big central eye with all these little eye stalks, and they're awful. But basically there's a baby one of them. That has been stuffed and hung about up above the fireplace. So when people come in, they're like, oh my God. I was mm-hmm. just referring to a Keiko demon. So ah. not, a, not a beholder, but uh, same vibe. Right? Yeah, the eye would be way bigger. And then instead of horns, it would have like... More eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah, more eyes everywhere. Like hanging off of like fucking sex tendrils. Yeah. Sex tendrils. Hang on, let me just write that down. That's not a note you need to take. <laughs> so now... The owner of the Elsong Tavern is a handsome, older half-elf man called Alan Alwyn. Alan. Yep. D&D world, his name is Alan. (laughs) I'll get back to you, Alan. The tavern was actually handed down to him by his mother, Lady Althan, like over 100 years ago. And he's tried to maintain all of the traditions. But there's one particularly, well, there's a couple particularly, but the one we'll talk about now is there's actually a secret banking service. Oh, those cheeky fucking units. Unsavory situations going on. Well, this place does have all kinds of visitors, Matt. So, you know, you could have some criminal organizations coming in or, you know, perhaps you're down on your luck or an adventurer. Maybe you've just gone out and your entire adventuring party got sat on by a dragon. You're like, I don't even have any fucking gold for a drink to drown my sorrows. Alan could be like, I'll put you in debt, mate. Don't worry about that. The interest rates are through the roof because here we are in Baldur's Gate, the biggest city in the goddamn realm. Uh, but that's all right. What do what, we'll start you with? Ten k gold is that is that a good enough? Ten k, Jesus! I don't know how much I mean, gold's worth in the in the world, yeah. but uh, we'll we'll do currency and something in a really boring episode. We'll <laughs> really, really, yeah, okay. So Alan's running a bit of a bracket here where he can uh, put people in yeah. debt and uh, you can work it off by adventuring or whatever. Basically, that's kind of one of his hidden services. And like I said, the ground floor is mainly like a tap room featuring a bar. And now the upper floor is like a large dining room kind of setting. Um, 
where you can eat and gamble and there's raucous, you know, like people in there, you know, doing deals and having a good time. Casino shit. You know, I like love a, it. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Like, you, obviously, you know, that, that kind of thing goes on. But there also are a couple of private dining rooms. So say me and you, we've been on an adventure together, Maz. And we've done particularly well. We stole this from blah, blah, blah. We saved the prince from being kidnapped. We've done all this stuff and we're looking to celebrate. So there are two rooms that we can hire just for a feast. One room just where you can eat and the other room where you get your dick sucked, right? I mean, for the right price, I'm sure Alan would be like, yeah, no worries, mate. <laughs> Alan's <laughs> got go. it covered. He's got the he back does. room. So he understands. Every, every back room. So the two rooms are called the Umber Hulk room and the Displacer Beast room. Now, an Umber Hulk... <laughs> well, just, just, just out of the gate... I don't think I want to be having my dick sucked by the Displacer Beast. <laughs> that sounds like a bad nickname for the ugly woman in high school, you know? I'll tell you this, though. You've made the poor choice. I'd rather have the fucking Displacer Beast than the Umberhold. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Your lack of knowledge on the subject has already committed you to the worst gobby you've ever had. <laughs> anyway... So the, these rooms actually, so you can you can rent them, and they're actually called that way because part of the design, <laughs> part of the design is there's actually someone has slayed a couple of these beasts, and they've actually got stuffed heads up in these rooms. There's an Umber Hulk head in one, and there's a Blazer head beast head in the other one. And then of course there's like a few small guest rooms, and of course Alan has his own private room in the end. So he lives there and works there. The Do people love him? The- like people come oh, in. They go, love oh, they love him. Alan, yeah. you big legend. All right. Yeah. Right. Yep. They're they're often very very fond of him because he's quite lenient like i mean he you know half elves can live quite a long time so he's probably in his 80s 90s or something like that so he's seen a lot in this time now what we're going to do is we're going to head into probably the sole reason that people will come to the elf song tavern umber hulk tab- gobbies man umber hulk gobbies <laughs> we're going to start a brothel the cumber hulk <laughs> oh my god you had this like quaint little D&D project you wanted to do and I've just come here and spoofed all over your plans. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that you said spoofed really upsets me. So I'm <laughs> going to move on. So the main point, the main reason that people come from all over Faerun, the Elfsong Tavern is known for a ghostly elven um, maiden. Patrons can be sitting there quite quietly having a drink and all of a sudden from the walls of the establishment this haunting beautiful and sorrowful song will sing and it's been this way for you know hundreds of years from the walls and it's and it's in like this ancient elven dialect that not many people can kind of understand and basically the song tells a story of this elven maiden that no one knows who she is but she's singing of a lost lover who was lost at sea one of the rules that Alan and his mother put in place is when the elven maiden sings, everyone is to keep a low tone and be quiet. And even, you know, you could have assassins in there. You could have a visiting dignitary from another realm, like a prince or something, for some reason, if they were in there with all their bodyguards, even they will fall quiet to listen to the song. Like, Is it an attraction? People want to come... And just to hear it. And also, is it, does it happen very often? Is it like, oh shit, it's happening now? It's not like, yeah. oh fucking hell, here she goes again, mate. Jesus Christ, like one of those acoustic douche canoes who plays in the corner yeah. of the pub. And you're like, oh fucking hell, I can't hear myself talk. This bitch yeah, in the exactly. walls screaming and shit. Jesus, we get it. He died at sea. Who cares? Yeah, yeah turn off your loop pedal. <laughs> is, it, is it often enough to be annoying or is it like a very, kind of a rare thing? It's often, but the, the the kind of the beauty about it is when it's heard, every time they listen to it, they take something different from it. Right. It strikes a different nerve or it invokes a different memory. That's why it's so famous. And also, 
you know, some conspiracy theorists in the realms feel like there's more to it. Like it could be within this song, there's a magical map to an elven fortune that's been long buried. Just before we end on this section about the elf song, I will tell you a little bit about kind of what they do food and drink wise, which I found interesting. So the elf song is like my, my pub of choice, I feel like. Some have said that at some time in the life cycle of this tavern, They've stocked everything. Every alcohol on the Forgotten Realms. Could you imagine me and you going there? Mate, Alan sounds like he's really into craft beer. He's got the whole... <laughs> he's got a big scotch wall there of all the whiskies and the, the mulled wines and the fucking things. Like, he sounds like a connoisseur of all of... And being that old, you'd want to be. There's two particular drinks that are, are, are faves. So there is a wine called Alathus Whisper, which is a wine named after an infamous elven rogue, a bit of a cheeky prawn, so they made a drink after him. Great. And now this wine in particular, as you drink it, it kind of changes in flavours. So it can it, it's first tart and then sweet and then, you know, know, people... I don't know about that, but I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, magic things. And another one, the other drink that most people come for is a drink called Roll Rum, which is like a dark licorice-laced spiced rum. That, which is from a place called the Talashar, which is way, way away in the Forgotten Realms, which is quite popular. And they also do things like grilled cheese sandwiches, Matt. Oh, toasted bread and some melted cheese. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want my cheese changing flavours as I fucking eat the cunt. You know what I mean? No, nah, just, a, just a cheese sandwich. Is this one of those taverns where you can, like, you know, put yourself up for the night? Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. I did I did mention that. I kind of briefed over that while I was... I was well, too busy yeah. thinking about getting a sweet... sweet <laughs> I know what you were thinking ...situation about. happening with the Umberhulk. So what we'll do now, we'll take a short break, and then, Maz, what are we going to do? I'm going to draw my own little monster manual. That is correct. I mean, you've definitely opened my eyes to some possibilities <laughs> as far as DM goes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, it's me, Spud! Look, I bet you love this show and just wish that you had more of it, right? Well, guess what? You can have more. Prepare yourself. There is a shameless plug from our hot selves incoming. That's right. Deluxe versions of the show are available over on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash the King's Keg. At the time of recording this, I don't actually know what we have up there. So, you know, why not head over, have a little geese for yourself, and then we can both appreciate the surprise and delight of what treats await you if you choose to support the show. Things like additional content, maybe some gameplay of things like Minecraft D&D, Baldur's Gate perhaps, I don't know, something cheeky. Maybe we've already started something amazing, or maybe we will be able to with your support. Who knows? One thing is certain though, you can check out the merch shop and get ad-free deluxe versions of this very show. There might even be some kind of tiered support level structure, which nets you even more treats like credits, shoutouts, and various bits and bobs like that. This is episode one guys, so the possibilities are endless. Head on over to patreon.com slash the king's keg. I cannot wait to virtually shake your hand with gratitude. Thanks so much, and back to the show. We're going to talk about today. I was going to ask you, what do you think we're talking about? But you know, like two fucking D&D monsters. One of them you think is a cacophene from Doom, so. <laughs> Cacodemon. Cacodemon, uh, sorry. Get a ride, you bloody, oh, come on. Maybe we'll what start kind a of Doom lo- podcast and I'll school you in all of the things that I don't know nothing about. What kind what? of lawmaster are you? A shit one. Well, let's what? start with, welcome 
This is uh, Maz's monster manual. We're going to create it slowly. Yeah, Maz is going to draw what I'm saying. He's going to interpret. We'll see how this goes. I'm, I'm excited hey, and I'm terrified and no one's allowed to judge me because it's all Spud's fault because of the description. I'm just going off what I'm hearing, you know what I mean? Fucking have at it, internet. Let him know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to support you, Maz. <laughs> And look, why not draw along at home and send it through to our socials when you're done, whether you know what the monster is or not. Just based on Spud's description, have a little crack. And uh, at the end of the season, maybe we'll uh, have a big old reveal of uh, some of our favourite ones. (laughs) And on that note... (laughs) We're in this together. Let's go. Okay, the monster that we're talking about today is fucking chops to me I, I love this monster now this monster a lot of people give it shit but this monster is amazing all right so you ready for what i'm about to drop on you i'm ready pop pop off the monster is and they are amazing in every way my favorite people undersell them underrate them cobalt cobalt, cobalt. hey we, we this cat you called me a cobalt at the top of the show so we'll see um how insulting this was cobalt <laughs> These are also an old school monster. They've been around for a long time, but they are fucking awesome. And I'm going to draw this whole You're gonna time. You're going to draw it. You are. Okay. So what I'm going to hit you with first is a bit of a description and then I'm going to yes. go into a few other things about them, kind of what their personality is like, maybe a little bit about the society they live in, but we'll, we'll hit you while it's fresh. Okay. So kobolds are like, they're like these cheeky little reptilian kind of draconic humanoids, Matt. Okay. They're about two to three feet tall. With small horns. They've got small horns. Yes. On either side of their head. They've got long tails and scaly skin. They're tiny little units with small horns and scales. Just I'm just I'm just writing these notes first before I hit the hit the pound, whatever you call it. That sounds like I'm doing drugs. I I meant drawing. (laughs) I don't I just I I was clutching for some kind of quote there. (laughs) Okay. So I'm gonna emphasize this now. When we're talking about monsters, I'm going with traditional descriptions here. Most D&D players know whatever you want to fucking put in your games or whatever you think is right is right. No one can tell you otherwise. Live your life. It's about... Whatever I yeah. draw is correct, regardless. That, that's correct, Maz. I love but that. But we're going to make fun of you regardless. <laughs> um, okay. So, kobolds, have, they've kind of got jaws like crocodiles. Oh. And did you know, Maz, did you know, let me tell you, that they can open as wide as a melon? Great. How, yeah, do, you sure. draw, how do you draw heads? I mean... <laughs> Those adventurers and those people that have had dealings with kobold say that their nostrils have been assaulted by strong smells. Now, they smell of wet dog, stagnant water, and soot. They speak in this edition. It's known as undercommon, which is like a very feral-sounding kind of language, but they kind of sound like a a dog barking, like a lot of yapping, like almost like a chihuahua losing its shit when they talk. I see. Being this kind of size, this two to three... They're not very strong, okay? These guys are weak, but what they lack in strength, they are very, very quick, man. They are in and out. Now, I'm not going to make you draw this, but there are occasionally when kobolds are breeding, and they breed a lot, they're like almost like vermin in a way, but occasionally a winged kobold (gasps) will be born. Would Would you find them sort of like geared up like a normal sort of person or, you know, Ah. would they be wearing armors and that kind of thing or...? Ah, uh, they they can be, but generally when you when you see kobolds, they're in basic like you know slacks, a basic leather tunic. They don't really dress up too much. 
and this is traditionally, I'm going to have a lot of people in the comments going, but Spud, I have to just give you a generalization. They kind of dress for functionality for the most part. So that's kind of my description of them. And now what I'm going to talk about is a bit, a bit about like a personality of your general kobold. Okay. So kobolds, you know how we we're talking about racism <laughs> earlier? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Kobolds are fucking racists, Maz. Oh, I love it. Racist shitlords. Kobolds hate any creature, for the most part, that is larger than them. Oh, right? well, that's everyone, right? That's pretty much everyone. And they've got a good reason for it. Because for as long as kobolds can remember, the larger races have made fun of them. But, Maz, there is one particular race that they just do not get on with at all. Which is actually the same size as them. Gnomes. Okay. Because they've got beef. They've got beef going back hundreds and hundreds of years. That they often found worshipping dragons... So they're kind of like the little toadies, kind of minions of dragons. Like, So you could find, you know, there's a dragon here and they've got all these kobold servants kind of running around, bringing them gold and gems and doing all these things. Aww. I'm going to send you something. Okay. Now, this is a standard kobold quote. So what I would like for you to do... Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I would like to give me your best kobold impression okay. and read out this kobold... Saying, if you could give me your best kobold. Tiny boys, hates everyone, a bit racist. Ah, the dragon scale toughens our skin. The dragon bone adorns our skull. The dragon heart flames our sorcery. We are the dragon, and for the dragon we live. Long live the dragon! Holy shit, that was... So hot, I need to change my fucking pants. That was some good shit. Well played, sir. I'm not going to clap because I'll break all of our microphones, but everyone listening, if you could at least get let out a golf clap, that was fucking fire. Oh, a bit of a golf. Oh, thanks, mate. Well done, man. That was awesome. But yeah, they like dragons because it's part of their lineage. They're kind of like dragony. I'm trying not to go too far down the <laughs> cobot hole. Now, I'm going to go into a little bit about their society and how it works, Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Kobolds live in tribal societies, and they generally they like to it. live in... Yeah, they just scream tribal, don't they, the little pricks? They really so, do. They live in their tribal societies, and they like to live in kind of darker areas, like caves and caverns, and sometimes in dark, thick forests. Okay, that's kind of where they live. And it's a tribal society, and surprisingly enough, within the tribe, they support each other and maintain healthy relationships with each other. And this is law-wise, guys, okay, law-wise. So they, they tend to look after each other, and they kind of all know their place. Right. They are so physically weak that they rely on each other for strength. What do you think, just from the description of what I've said so far, what are the two things do you feel like they fucking love? Uh, okay, so gold, probably. Yeah, that's a good guess. And probably uh, the and stars. The, the stars. bloody stars. They, they, they just, I can just see them out there on, a, on an evening, just like looking at the stars, going, the twinkle of the dragon's eyes in the sky. That kind of vibe. Oh, shit. You need to make a kobold character. That's lovely. A kobold bard, maybe. Um, not correct. They are built, and they love it more than anything else, to mine and find precious materials. Oh. So... Oh boy, Maz, are they good at it. Right. They are so good at finding minerals and gold and gems, like natural ore deposits. That's their thing. They they love it. And you'll find that most kobolds are just incredibly wealthy. They just are drawn to the glittery things. And there's a whole historical thing about that due to their god, like how they were created and stuff. Not going into it, but it's kind of bred into them that that's what they love. And they are so good 
at finding minerals and ore deposits and things, they're actually better than dwarves. And there's oh. going to be a lot of dwarf, oh, dwarf fans. No. Yes. There's a lot of dwarf fans out there going to be like, fucking bullshit, spot. Sorry, guys. They are the chops at doing it. Pretty close with gold, right? Like, I'll, I'll give that one to you. Now, the second one, their other love and something they are super good at is making traps, Maz. Oh, okay. Cheeky they little are super, prawns. But their most diabolical thing that they will unleash upon you, and I just found this out, trained dire weasels, Maz. <laughs> what the fuck is that? This is, like, this is another monster manual situation. Yep. So just a weasel, a dire weasel, bigger, angrier. They train dire weasels and they will set them upon their opponents. They're horrendous little pricks, aren't they? Really? They are. What they fall short on in terms of like strength and mm-hmm. and that kind of attribute, they kind of make up for an ingenuity. Get wrecked, fool! That's my kind of overview of kobolds. So, mate, I think I finished my drawing. Off the bat, they sound like little... Uh, the perfect first adventure prawn. They're a little mm. bit weak, but they're a little bit uh-huh. cheeky. Uh, they've got character and sp- sprightliness about them. That can be a little bit of fun to play with. Um, you know they're cheeky, so you, you want to be careful of uh, entering their zone. Maybe draw them out mm-hmm. to you is probably a better idea because they're cheeky. Yeah. Oh, look at you taking notes and listening like a fucking chop. You don't want to fight them on their turf because there's more of them. Oh. And then, then you might get overwhelmed. So here is my depiction. Oh, my God. That is fucking amazing. It's spot that, on. And you've got them. That is absolutely. I just don't know what to say to you right now. I mean, that is. Just say it's 10 amazing. out of 10. It's perfect. It's, it's a exactly... fucking 11. It's an 11. <laughs> I have a D&D erection for your art right now. Let me just talk you through it. The jaw, I, I did put the watermelon in there for scale and then forgot to take it out, but that's kind of. <laughs> I thought, why not? We'll leave it in there. Just, you know, maybe he loves a bit of fruit. He's just down in his basic garbs. He's got his pickaxe out. He's ready to do a bit of mining. His hands, please don't look at the hands or the feet. They, I don't know what I'm doing. They're perfect. I love <laughs> They're them. perfect. There is nothing wrong with this picture. He's ready to go. What I'm going to do is I'm going to fire you some images. Okay, here it comes. Oh, mate! I mean, if I'd put a light on his hat, if I'd put a little light on his hat, I would... Oh, my God. Now, these are different expressions of art from different codexes, but look at how fucking close yes. you are. Yes. Well done on the description. And then this is this is like my favorite image, this last one. I've saved this to last because this is kobolds in a nutshell, right? If they do have to fight you, this is what happens. They take your shit. <laughs> Add that entry to the Maz Monster Manual. Number one. Holy shit. We will be right back after I get my shit together after how fucking sick that was. Hello. Did you know Dungeon Masters are always on the lookout for tools to make running their sessions easier? And a popular new tool is Obsidian. It's free. And with some help from our friends over at obsidianttrpgtutorials.com Yes, that's right. Put all of that in your mouth at once and swallow. A site dedicated to teaching people how to turn Obsidian into a fantastic tool for DMs and even players. Apparently, I'm new to all of this, so I wouldn't know. It's got pinnable maps, a dice roller, random generators, and even full support for stat blocks and initiative tracking. You'll never need a physical book at the table again. Obsidian is your secret weapon for crafting and managing your campaigns. Store your characters, plots, and world-building ideas in one place. 
easily link characters, plot lines and ideas, transforming Obsidian into your very own campaign encyclopedia. Edit and publish notes right from the Obsidian app, making it a breeze for players to immerse themselves in your world. Visual insights let you dive into your campaign structure with interactive graphs revealing hidden gems. Keep tabs on changes with one year of revision history for every note. Sweet Jesus! Convert your campaign notes into an online wiki, knowledge base or digital garden for players to explore. And Obsidian stores your data in open, non-proprietary files, so you're never tied down to a specific system. Some real nerd shit right there. It's available on iOS, Android, Windows, Mac and Linux. Or Linux! So get Obsidian for free today and embark on your journey to create legendary D&D campaigns with the ultimate tool that's as flexible and imaginative as you are, which is heaps, I imagine. So fucking get on it. This is not a paid ad read. That's why it's so fucking psycho. Just go get it, all right? Get it for free at obsidian.md. Call me Dr. Obsidian. And to get you set up using it for your campaigns, obsidianttrpgtutorials.com. I'm sure you'll love it. And even if you're not a big hot nerd like us, you could probably use it for smart things like, I don't know, your taxes? I don't know. I honestly don't know. This is the first time I've opened the website. So, you know, let's all try it together. And now back to the show. Oh, Spud. Yeah, buddy. Now it's time for the real Ooh. the real test, right? Put me oh, in we're it. Gonna, we're going to play some fucking a uh, little bit of D&D, mate. Yeah, gloves are off. The dice are ready. Hit me. All righty. Okay, so this will just be a little small section um, for Maz of a little bit of D&D. Okay, so Maz, I have something for you. Great. I am sending you a character. Oh, let's go. Right. I'm dropping it in. All right. And here, you'll see the name. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. Let's go. I'm a kobold. All right. So for those that you can view, I've just sent Maz his character. He's a kobold called Scump. Ah, oh, hell yeah. So, are you ready? I am ready. Scump, Scump is ready. Here we are. You're a little adventure. Heavy footsteps echo off the cave walls and a dim light starts to creep down the passageway. Next to you, you find your friend, Serpy. He looks at you and he grins evilly. His smirk screams of desperation, curiosity and fun. The stupid intruders will be broken and squishy soon. Serpy, mate, you look like you're about to pop off. You just, just be quiet. These guys aren't going to know what hit him. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna drop this. We're gonna drop this on them. They're gonna be flat. <laughs> Great. Oh, this is cool. So, so you see, you see, Serpy. He, he, you know, he's he's very much a kobold like you. He's got like the he's got very reddish scales. Actually, a little bit more red than you. Um, his his evil red eyes look at you, and now you're in this natural cavern and you're looking down this hallway and you're actually up on this lip. You know, you're kind of up on this outcropping of stone and you've both lifted a makeshift boulder on a hoist and you're both holding it yourselves with a a block and tackle and you can hear these adventurers. They've been annoying your tribe for days and days now, perhaps even a 10 day of days. Mm. And they've come a little bit too close and traps are good. 
traps work. So you are holding this rock above them. The light slowly begins to creep down the passage because these stupid intruders, they need light to see, unlike you. So uh, in dark, dark I can see it dark vision, dark vision 60 feet yeah. of it. Oh my God. Yeah. And, you know, there's a bit of light in here because, you know, there's a little bit of fungus on the walls that are resonating this slight blue light, but not enough for most people to see. But for you, it gives you more than enough to see. Now, this light for you is a little bit much as it comes down the hallway, but you see it. The time to strike is close. Now, what would you like to do, Maz? Um, I just want to like calculate uh, when the when the the right time to release this boulder would be. How many how many people are in this party? Okay, I will get you to make a perception check for me. So just roll your your twenty. Sevens. Okay. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. Scump, you cannot tell. There is just a lot of noise. You think maybe three intruders into the tribe layer. Right. Uh, Shrimpy. What's his What's his name again? Serpy. Serpy. <laughs> Serpy, mate. Um, how many people do you reckon there are down there? I want you to have a little roll as well. See if you do better than me. <laughs> 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 I, I love reckon it. about three. What do you reckon, Serpy? Not even used to it. Already trying to extort the system. <laughs> yeah, um, hold on. I don't fucking know. You don't know. I, I've, I've got a roll. I've got a roll on the. I've got a roll on the thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Here we go. Always oh, done better than me. Ooh. Serpy, Serpy says to you, I don't fucking know. What's your best guess, mate? Um, I can't count. Far out. (coughs) All right, Serpy, I reckon there's about three. (coughs) There's at least three. How many? uh, This many. I'll hold up my fingers. Oh, right on. You know, Uh, and we want to drop this on... As many of them at the same time as we can. Right? Lots, lots of squish. Lots of squish, Serpy. Correct. So you wait for my call when I say, let go of the rope. Uh, Okay, okay, Scrump. Great. You're right about this when we stab that other person. So, okay, yeah, yeah. That's right. (laughs) Okay. You just do as I say. Everything's going to be sweet. I will, I will. All right, so what do you do, Scump? Fucking hell, Scump. So I know there's a, there's at least three of them. I don't know whether they're underneath the boulder or not. Mm. What can I see looking down? You saw the light coming down this tunnel. and it, So basically there's a tunnel and it will open up into this larger cave slash cavern that you're in. And you're on a ledge just above there. So you've got this rock dangling over on this really funky like winch pulley system with this large stone. Mm. very soon they will appear before you. Maybe there's one, maybe there's two, maybe there's more numbers that are higher than you can count. But they will be there soon. Shrimpy. You have some time. Yeah. Do you reckon you could hold this on your own, Scump? I mean, Shrimpy? What's your name again? Slim. Serpy. Serpy. We've known each other for years. (laughs) No, but you can't count, and I'm really fucking bad with my memory. I'm a bit dyslexic. Uh, oh, that's right. You got suplexed by mum. Okay. <laughs> can, can you 
Can you hold this on your own, you reckon? Mate! Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, correct. <laughs> he was thinking about it for a second. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might fucking pop somewhere else because I've got myself a sling, I can see here, which is right, and a dagger, <laughs> which is pretty good as well. But I'm, I'm going to see if I can find another advantage point somewhere else closer to the opening of the cave so I can pop off any guys who don't happen to get under the business. You know what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah. I hope the DM yeah, knows do. what I'm talking about as well because that's yeah. what I'd like to do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do know what you're talking about. So Serpy like nods to you and he looks around and as soon as your hand, your scaly, scaly, jagged paw leaves the rope, he struggles a little bit. But he... He kind of braces himself super hard, and with luck, his little feet slide across <laughs> this outcropping a little bit until he catches a rock, and he seems to be solid there. You can see he's straining; his little cobalt muscles are bulging. He gets like a, a, you know, what looks like sweat for a cobalt kind of trickling down his forehead, and you can see it tracing lines in his scales. You're worried for a second, and he goes, "I'm good." Okay, are you sure, mate? I can hold it! Oh, 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 I swear, if you fuck this for us. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm okay! I promise! Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, Scump will sort of side-eye him as he sort of turns to look at, like, some other vantage points that he could probably put himself in with his little sling. Scump's surveying the cavern, and, you know, Kobold's excellent miners and they're quite neat so really the only other place from up here that would be advantageous is next to the mouth of the cave where they would yes, walk out to where I there's want. a you can either stay there with your sling swinging it and they walk through pelt down while the thing's dropping or you can climb down or wriggle down and get behind this rock which is to the left of the mouth i'm gonna do just that pop I'm, out from that i'm gonna pop pop behind that rock before they they come through the mouth of the cave mm-hmm on your way down, Scump, you, you kind of scratch your way down the wall, you slide half, you kind of graze your knee and you let out a bit of a whimper. But when you hit the floor, what you find there in the dust, among some rocks, there is a sh- there's something shining. Now that there's a bit of light coming down, there's a reflection in the pebbles. Oh. Hmm. You can go have a look or you can continue to your destination. Can I have a little quick glance up towards the mouth of the cave just to see how much time I might have? Mm. Mm. You hear, Scump, in a language you don't understand, you hear a... Oh. I mean, you can't understand what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I'm going to have a quick... Having heard that, I'm going to have a quick little glance at this uh, glinting thing in the in the pebbles. Mm-hmm. You have a glance over, and sitting, like, around the rocks, you can see this... It looks like your dagger, but not made of bone and refuse and sinew. It looks like a shiny, shiny metal dagger. You've seen them on people that your um, tribe has squashed previously. Yes. I'm going to grab that. Um, I'm going to grab it quickly. I'm not going to think too much about it, because I don't have much time, but it is shiny, so I am going to have a crack. I'm going to grab it. And then scurry to the rock, hopefully. Okay, so you pick it up, and as you are scurrying, I will get you to roll a d4 for me, Maz. Hot two. (laughs) 
Okay. So as you're running over, you get to the rock and you're kind of perching there. Ha, perching. <laughs> and you are setting yourself in place. You notice as you're standing there that your um, right hand and arm start to enlarge. What? Sebi, I it might looks be allergic ridiculous. to this bloody dagger. Serpy <laughs> <laughs> looks, oh, you look powerful. And you feel powerful just in that arm. Swole. Yeah. I'm swelling up. We've had a fat bat for 25 years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'll, huge ma- well I'll make sure this uh, this dagger is in my good arm hand so that that can be mm-hmm. the swole boy. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't look like that I'm having some kind of allergen situation, does it? Like, where am I? Oh, you can make an intelligence check if you want. So if you can roll a d20 and minus one for me. Okay. A 13. Ooh, that's not bad. Um, You are... There's nothing about this that you feel sick from. There is nothing going on there that makes you go, oh, gross. You, are, you, you feel fine. Great. I'm going to, like, look at my newly swole arm and then just check myself and be like, oh, now nah, this is good. And then I'll grip the dagger a little tighter, ready for what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. You hear a very quick-paced trot, and the light begins to come up the hallway. You have to give me a perception check yep. to see when the best time is to drop it. I'm, I'm failing because I don't have AIDS. Oh, it's a pretty good thing. 17. Oh, yes. 17 minus something. Uh, that is more than enough. Mm. Stomping the way into the cavern is... Um, what you've heard of them before, and I think you've eaten a couple, or you you've known of them, and you've taken stuff from them before, is like a dwarf. There is this squat figure about four feet tall in this heavy armor with a shield, and he appears to be holding a crossbow. It's a it's a it's a man man of the race. He stomps in, and behind him is a tiefling woman, um, oh. beautiful blue skin, holding. It looks like a two-handed sword and is also wearing big, heavy armor. And behind them, which you did notice, surprisingly, um, with your good roll, is a a short creature that you recognize immediately as a gnome. Oh, these... these Half under my breath. Of course, it's a fucking... (laughs) Then try to shush myself. Because the rage is too big. (laughs) It is too big. And this, this this gnome appears to be in this, like, pale purple robe um, with, like, these speckles on it. And it appears to be holding some kind of little lantern. And there seems to be something flittering around inside the lantern. Oh, I'm going to stab that guy right in the face yeah. with my big arm. So what you do notice now, though, with that fantastic role, is the perfect time to let loose the fury. And that I will wait till the perfect moment, and then I will screech at... Uh Serpy. Serpy. <laughs> I don't know yep. why I can't remember his name. It's probably because I've called him Shrimpy my entire life and uh, I just haven't quite. You have. Adapted. You've said it multiple times. <laughs> so little little <laughs> Sir, little Shrimpy is his nickname. Yeah. When the perfect time arises, I screech out to Serpy. Now, Serpy! You're not sure if it's perfectly timed or your gods intervened or poor old Serpy's arms just gave out. <laughs> you hear the wheels of the block and tackle rotate and then a crunch 
and a splat. You look down to uh, where your clawed little feet are. This rock has appeared to have crushed all three of them. Oh, wow. That was perfect. Yes. But you also hear a... (laughs) And looking over... The gnome appears to be still drawing breath. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, can I approach him kind of like a little bit too big for my boots, quite slowly and smugly? Uh, yep. What do we have here? Another little fucko gnome, do we? <laughs> Even you, as a dumb kobold, know that he's not long for this world. Now you are you are speaking in your kobold language, which in you know I think in this edition he is under common. He he looks up at you, and <laughs> you hear in undercommon your language. Oh, well, well played, kobold. Oh, your kind is evil. My gods will bring vengeance. <laughs> oh, I'm going to miss you, my love. And he starts going off on this fucking tangent about his loved ones. Or I'm just whatever. going to give him a little punch in the head. Just a little okay. punch with my big arm. Your, with my new big arm. Your, still holding the dagger. Shut okay. up. There is no rolls or anything involved. You hit him and his entire head turns to mist. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I wanted to taunt him some more. I've just red misted the pack. You, your new <laughs> magical arm. He just was startled by the startled by the red mist. Oh, <laughs> that's that's oh shit! I look up to Shrimpy up, uh, sorry, Serpy upstairs. I'm like, oh, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I wanted to draw that out. <laughs> this no fun. Serpy, Serpy looks down and you and goes, yeah. Now I'm gonna call you Scump Bigam. Yeah. <laughs> well, I give the the rest of the corpse a, a few little um, playful stabs with my new arm, mm-hmm. just to be like, well, I, I wanted to taunt him, but uh, it's, he doesn't have a head anymore, so I'll just give him a few little <laughs> cheeky stabs. <laughs> yeah. Check his pockets. <laughs> Alright, and as our short little adventure here rolls to an end, Scump, now known as, throughout your tribe, Scump Big Arm, given to you by your best friend, Serpy. Serpy, uh, he jumps down using the pulley system, the block and tackle. Um, He uses the other end of the rope, now it's on the ground. He just climbs his way down and you start to loot the corpses. You're wondering if your big arm's going to go away, but you're pretty happy with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gripping that knife pretty strong. I'm just like, you know what? If this is me now, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I raise the dagger to the air with my big arm and just like <laughs> me and uh, Serpy have a big old screech of victory. We did it! The sounds bounce off the walls of the cave and cavern and filter back down to your tribe, a celebration. The new champion of the tribe is born. Scump. Big arm. (laughs) End scene. How did you feel about our little adventure? That was great. I love it. In and out. I'm a big hero. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm going to miss Scump. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to do a different one of these each session. I've learned a lot today, you know. I, I've learned about the Elf Song Tavern, just mm-hmm. in the lower city of Boulder's Gate, right? Oh, took taking notes. What a threat! A bit of a Ooh. bit of a, a, a nepotist hand me down from his mum. I forget her name, but Alan. 
Yeah, <laughs> runs Fucking the Alan. tav, and he's yeah. he's all about it. Like if you need mm-hmm. a loan, he'll help you out. He'll he'll put you up in a room. You can get some uh, sick gobbies from <laughs> <laughs> from stuffed umbugs. Or just I'm not sure that's in the law, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's real, but that's what I'm taking law, from man. it. Uh, there's, there's some high priced rooms for celebrating that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the the walls are fucking haunted though. So you know, it's um, definitely on the pub crawl list. For yes, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I learned about the kobolds, uh, little wily lizard prawns. Uh, very yep. weak, but kind of ingenious. Uh, when when yeah. they're when they're with each other and they can be like sneaky, setting traps and and the like. That's pretty good. They're quite. Mm-hmm. A, Quite efficient at the, the old mining, um, yeah. which um, the 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 dwarves would be um, a bit upset about, or people might be like, "What do you mean? What do you mean they're better than dwarves?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't make the rules. <laughs> we hate a good gnome, but basically, we hate anyone bigger than us. But for some reason, people as small as us, we also hate them too because you know, <laughs> it's a good time. Kobold. Are massive racists, unless you're <laughs> yeah. a dragon. If you're a dragon, it's all right. Um, yeah. That was great. Had a great time. But I'm looking forward to our next session, my friend. Well, thank you, everyone, for having a listen. Uh, this was the first episode of whatever this is called. And <laughs> if you want more of it, you know where to find it. Um, I'm yeah. sure all of our ad breaks were just pointing towards where you can find <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I had a fucking brilliant time, man. Hanging out with one of my best friends, doing something I love. I don't, I don't think it gets better than that. <laughs> so I don't think it does either. Good beers here at the Elf Song Tavern. Oh, absolutely. I've had my fucking roll rum spiced with licorice all up in my holes. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and on that, we will bid you a good day. And we will see you next time in the realms, guys. Have a good one. Happy birthday. You know who you are. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for watching and a huge shout out to everyone who made this first episode possible. Support us over on patreon.com slash thekingskeg if you feel it's worth it. Until next time, bye-bye.